Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. Hey, and here we are. It is bjshow.co. Did I get that right, John? You know what? We're on a three-day streak now. Man, I'll tell you what. I can't even get the (laughs) stupid name of the show right. Okay, bjshow.com. I'm Brad. He's John. No, bjshow.co. Did I say it again? Uh, bjshow.co. Here I'm. I'm patting myself on the back, and I blow it again. Uh, he is John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. You can check out his website, johncombest.com, just like it sounds, and you will find everything you want to know about the state. Now, once again, when you go there, don't expect all sorts of crazy-looking graphics and flash videos and stuff no like that. No bells or whistles. Right. Brad. It's just it's just it's 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 uh, web. Minus one, right? <laughs> Web minus 1.0. Right, Thank you. Right. Web minus 1.0. Okay. Here we go again. Francis Howell. It seems like we talk about Francis Howell. Supposedly, there's a walkout being scheduled for 1130 this morning. Do you know about nice. this? Nice. Well, there's a meeting tonight. You know that, Yeah, Brad? I know. And this, you know, once again, I maybe I'm biased on this. All four of my kids went to Francis Howell School District all th- three of them graduated. My oldest one didn't. Um, and, you know, I think this is some some board members got in there who are, and unfortunately, I know, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I know a couple of them. And shall we say they, at least one of them, is very inflexible. They have their ideas, and it's sort of like my way or the highway kind of philosophy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, you do things my way are – and I think what's happened is they have fallen into the trap that they have made themselves look like a bunch of white racists that we hate black kids, right? You know what I'm saying? Let's, right. let's be yeah. honest. And the whole crazy thing about it is – I've said it before – Let's be honest. There aren't that many black kids in the Francis Howell School District. They're right. I ju- think 8% of yes. the students' population is black. It's not very many, okay? Mm-hmm. But One yet, out of 12, let's say. Right, yeah. But yet, if you would go into the Francis Howell School District and do, like, let's say, German, I would be willing to bet you there are more than 10% of the kids in Francis Howell School District have German heritage. And, sure. and go through a lot of the the Western European countries you know, Italian, I know there's a lot of Italian there. I mean, once yep. again, it's to the point where it's like, okay, and, and I guess, and I always get in trouble for this when I hear people say, well, we need to teach black history. And I will say, what about white history? And the response on that is always, well, that's what's being taught right now. I, you know, here's the crazy thing about that is, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Have you ever seen the music Hamilton, the musical Hamilton? I haven't, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, do you know who almost all the characters are, what race they are? Yeah, they're black, which is historically inaccurate. Exactly. So now, yeah. let's flip but that. But hey, listen, it makes people feel good, though, Brad. Yeah, well, let's do the Tony Colombo flip test on that. And let's say it's a story about slaves uh, mm-hmm. in the Deep South in the early 1800s. 
And oh, you remake the movie Glory, but instead of a black infantry group, you make them all white. Or, or the, the slaves are all white. And yeah. people go like, the black people go, whoa, hold on a minute now. That's not right. You got, you got white people portrayed as slaves. But yet when we take a musical, it's about our founding fathers, you know, and once again, you think we have disagreements here in the United States now in the government. Nobody's, you know, doing pistols at 20 paces. You know what I'm, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's calmed down quite a bit because they used to have duels and people were shot and killed, you know, stuff like that. I just, I, I don't. And, and to the point where, where, remember there was for a while, the big news was the guy who did the voices on, what was it, what was the show? Family Guy. Family Guy. And the yeah, guy he did, did the voice of Cleveland, and he was a white guy. Right. And the disappointing thing, sorry to interrupt your story, Brad, but the disappointing thing is the guy came out and apologized. Well, but the same thing. Now, what with, are you apologizing? The for? same thing with Hank Azaria because he did he did the voice of of Apu on on The Simpsons. Apu being the oh yeah the, yeah, the, the Indian guy, the Indian guy who runs the Quickie Mart. You know, I'm going like, okay, that's what's called acting. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, once again, well, and you know, let's use a line from Dana Lash. She says, "Never bow a knee to the rage mob." So if you were hired to be a voice actor. To do a black character, do an Indian character or whatever, and you do your job and years later people are like, I can't believe you portrayed someone who was outside of your race and you apologize? Like what kind of a man apologizes for something like that? The guy from U-City. The guy from U-City. <laughs> What's his name again? Maybe maybe the actor who did the Family Guy voice, maybe he was up late caring for his child. What's his name again? Brandon? What was it? What'd you Brian say? Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Well, you know Not what? to be confused with other Brian Williams. I was going to say, he got done doing the news thing, and they didn't, they, <laughs> he did. they didn't renew his... And you know what? He... He might choose to run against Corey Bush. You never know. They didn't renew his contract at, you know, after they, <laughs> yeah, they bumped him from NBC. Hey, one to... more uh, thing about Francis Howell. The superintendent sent out a note on – let's see. What date is this? He sent out a note two days ago that just has a, it has a beautiful quote, and it says – oh, this is from the school board. Sorry, not from the uh, superintendent. We'd like to invite all speakers and audience members to model highlighted word civility and respect – during board meetings, may we all listen to the viewpoints of others, even if we don't agree, well, and model the behavior we expect of our children. See, okay, here, if, if th- this is me, the weird, the weird contrarian kind of dude, okay? Mm-hmm. If I was the superintendent of Francis Hall School Districts, and I knew there was going to be a walkout at 1130 today, you know what I'd do? Schedule a test for 11.45. Oh, no, no, no. Just the opposite. (laughs) That's what I would do. I would call up all the area Chick-fil-A's, and I would say, I want 10,000 chicken strips. I want 5,000 orders of those great-tasting waffle fries, Mm -hmm. and I want 5,000 milkshakes, and I want it delivered at 11.45. And anybody who's in the building gets to eat for free. They get (laughs) them? Right. My favorite thing about walkouts is, and you see this anytime there's there's a gun violence incident, and some you know woman in comfortable shoes from Moms Demand Action, which is a great name by the way. Like think of how many suburban women are really in need of a little bit of action. You John, know what I mean, Brad? John, I, I have to tell you something. You have a you have a thing against women in comfortable shoes because you keep bringing that I up. I do. Like what? here's the thing: put on a pair of heels. Oh, so you're saying you're saying they should. Put on their stilettos, and then and then they're real women. But if they show up in their flats, they're they're not to be they're not to be taken serious. A woman a good fifteen years ago 
who I love and respect, said, never trust a woman in flats. If you're walking around the Missouri Capitol and you're wearing comfortable shoes, are you really committed to your clients? See, see how, how, how disingenuous that is because let's use the male equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. See, the thing that I get is, I, I see, I don't know if you noticed this or not. I mean, things tick me off about certain things. I think it's called Wolf and Shepherd. It's a brand, a Shepherd and Wolf or something like that. Hmm, I haven't heard of it. You're there in front of your computer. Look that up real quick. Okay. Uh, and what they did was they came out with the dress shoe with the white sole, okay? Oh, yeah. And, Which is not a dress shoe. Well, and what's, exactly. Thank you very much. It's like, to me, dress it's like... Dress shoe at all. It's like wearing a tuxedo and Harry and wearing Chuck Chuck Taylor's. <laughs> Wolf and Shepherd is the name of it. You're correct. Wolf Brad. and Shepherd. Okay. It's to me. It's like wearing a tuxedo and Chuck Taylor's. You know what I'm saying? It yeah, just exactly. doesn't work. You know, if you're going to wear the tuxedo, wear the nice patent leather shoes and the whole bit. But and once again, it's to the point where I'd see that and I go like, okay, I think that looks goofy as hell. Now, and yet, our friend, I'm not sure if you're on if 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 you're if you're hip to Greg Keller. You know Greg Keller? I don't know Greg Keller. Okay, so he's I've known Greg for 20 plus years, a top Republican mastermind in the state of Missouri. He he has a quote here. I pulled it up. You know how sometimes you read social media posts and they stick in your brain. Right. He said if if the Missouri legislature is going to enforce sex specific dress codes, which was a big debate last year, he should prohibit that it should prohibit men from wearing comfort shoes, especially the ones with white soles. See, I, th- that's my guy right there. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, Greg is right about sartorial, sartorial right. statements. Right. I mean, white dress shoes. And by the way, I have, a, I have a pair of really nice Cole Haan dress shoes that I got many years ago, and I wear them with jeans. They are not dress shoes. I would not put them on if we go down and, and sit across – from the folks at Simply Bella Brad in beautiful Lake St. Louis. And, you know, we're coming up on Valentine's Day. Folks should consider that as a gift for the woman or women in their lives. But I would not wear I would not wear a pair of white-soled shoes in with a pair of dress pants. Well, you know, it's, you know, I get made fun of because what do I wear all the time? I wear cowboy boots. I've worn cowboy mm-hmm. boots. I wear either cowboy boots. Matter of fact, I only have one pair of regular shoes, and it's not really shoes. It's my gym shoes. It's like when I go work out or stuff like that. It's my, they're my, you know, they're like, you know, they're like cross trainers. They're not like running shoes. You know what I mean? They're like, you know what I'm saying? And I've got cowboy boots and I've got combat boots, and that's all I have. And and why don't why don't I thought that after you and Shelly met with Josh Hawley, you started wearing pirate shoes? Oh God, that's so funny. I mean, when we met him, that you're known as a Josh Hawley copycat. You wear those Conway Twitty tight fitting jeans and, and pirate shoes. Well, he, you know what I'm talking about with pirate shoes. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I know. Hey, I have a pair of boots that have that have monk, that have monk straps on them. Well, but these are the pirate shoes. They are like they are like they look like they're elongated and they have like a square toe. <laughs> like a pointy toe. No, they have a square toe on them and they have and they have like a buckle on them and he's wearing his tight jeans and I'm going like, "Okay, I don't know about this." We we met him at a at a at a we purposely went to he's speaking at a at a oh, this is when he was running for Senate, but of course, uh, the question I wanted to ask him was I couldn't get in front of him, but my question I wanted to ask him was Josh, when you got elected to attorney general, which you are right now, you said that if you were uh, that you would never use that job as a stepping stone to a higher position. Aren't you using the job of attorney general as a stepping stone to a higher position? But of course, nobody will ever ask that question. Okay. You know what? You know how you could have got that attention, though, Brad. See, here's what, and and you and I weren't weren't even pals back then. We didn't know each other. I would have recommended that you carried a ladder. 
And then you climbed up on a ladder and you shouted the question from a ladder. And then it would have been impossible for anyone to ignore you. So I could just take a ladder with me wherever I go? <laughs> well, when you were meeting with Josh Hawley, absolutely. Okay. okay. I think he'd appreciate the gimmick. How do we How do we get on this? We were talking about Francis Howell. Yes, I don't know. Okay, change the subject. Okay. I have a solution to, and, and, and you know what's sort of interesting about this is, there's a phrase, those who do not learn history are bound to repeat it, right? Correct. Okay. I say what's happened to the United States is we have failed to uh, learn history. We became a independent country through the Revolutionary War. And if you know your Revolutionary War history, the British at the time, the Redcoats, were dressed in this red, you know, once again, not very good camouflage. They were dressed in, yeah. in red coats with white, like, fluffy shirts and stuff like very that. Very regal. Right. Very regal. And they had the, the fancy, fancy schmancy hats. And they walked into battle in a line, okay? And us at the time, I don't know if you could consider us Americans. We were colonists, I guess, at the time. Maybe we were Americans. I don't know what they consider themselves. Colonists, I think. Insurrectionists, Brad. Well, they were, yeah. And what did we do? We hid behind rocks and we climbed up in trees and and we took sniper shots at the guys and while they were out in the open in their in their you know their line, uh, we were picking them off behind trees, behind rocks, sitting behind, ducks. Right, and that's how we won the war. Okay, so two hundred plus years later, things have gone backwards. Where we are the ones that dress in the uniforms. And we show up and we have honor and we say, this is how we're going to go into battle. And we got guys who are taking out our troops, who are blowing us up with with IEDs. Mm-hmm. And they're shooting us with uh, guerrilla style, guerrilla style uh, warfare. And if you go back to the ultimate example of what I call, it's not me, but it's the term, it's called asymmetrical warfare. You go back to asymmetrical warfare. It's the USS Cole where two dudes in a rubber dinghy packed with explosives in what was that i think weren't they in yemen or where were they they were in a they were in a bay in a harbor somewhere two dudes in a rubber dinghy that probably cost i don't know a couple thousand dollars with a a mercury outboard engine probably cost you know a thousand bucks it was yemen i just looked it up yemen okay and a bunch of explosives and they they drove their little dinghy right up against the uss cole and they blew themselves up and blew a hole in the side of the USS Cole, almost sunk the boat. A billion-dollar naval vessel sunk by two dudes in a dinghy with an outboard mm-hmm. engine and a bunch of explosives. Okay? So here's where I say, here's what we should do. Okay? First off, we should go to all the prisons. You know, there's this whole deal with, you know, we, we, don't, we shouldn't have jails. Okay? The Army should go to all the jails and say, we are going to commute your sentence, but you have to serve a year in our special forces and not the Navy SEALs. We're going to create a new special forces. Remember the movie The Dirty Dozen? Yeah, and I know I know what you're getting at, and it's not cannon fodder, but you're giving them quite a deal. Let's make a deal with the prisoners. Right. And what happens if they're successful, Brad? They get to come back to the United States. If they're not successful, they get killed. Simple Absolutely. As that. There you go. Right. It's either do or die. You and could either then, be cannon fodder or you could be a free man. And then if you listen to the reports of the people streaming across the border, they now say that there are very, very, very few families, and most of the people streaming across the border, this is not me making this up, 
they are what they term single military-aged men. Military-aged men in the United States is 18 to 35. That is the, mm-hmm. the age group that uh, you can't be younger than 18. Well, you can if your parents. I think you can be 17 if your parents sign off. But you can't be over 35 unless you're Hunter Biden, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but so same thing. Grab the guys at the border and say, okay, welcome to America. Here's what you have to do to become an American citizen. You have to serve in our United States Army for four years. Mm -hmm. You have to, and we're going to take you, the immigrants, we're going to send you to the nastiest places in the country. We're going to tell you, hey, go down with the Israeli defense guys in the tunnels and find those Hamas guys and kill them. Root them out. And, Brad, I'm 100% on board with this. And the other pitch to these folks that you're recruiting into the military or suggesting they could get their freedom for it is think of all the DEI training they could get under the Biden administration military. Well, if you go back in history, and there's some books about this, there were people in the mafia that were recruited by, by the United States government that did things for the U.S. government because... What is the mafia good at? They're good at like contracts. Know, yep. Right. They, were, they pe- could execute on a contract. They could find somebody and root them out. Rubbing people out, you know. Uh, Do more than break some kneecaps. Right. Creating some havoc, you know, going mm-hmm. into places that other people would be afraid to go into. And TCB, as Elvis would say, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Or Bob uh, Seger. Didn't Bob Seger sing that song too? Yeah, <laughs> TCB. No, no, that was that was uh, taking care of business. That's see, you're too young. That was uh, that's a BTO Bachman Turner Overdrive. Taking care. Oh, of Oh, that's who it was. Okay, okay. BTO with TCB. Okay. Uh, hey, that's the DJ. Me. Hey, here's, <laughs> here's, back here's BTO with TCB. Is taking care of business right here on 104.5. Yeah, we at 104.5. Right. Okay. Okay. Or I could be a puker. You know what a puker is? Puker talks no, like that. That's a puker. Hey, it's John Combest and Brad. We're on the air right now, and we're we're moving and grooving, and we're hoping you're having a great time listening to us. That's a-